0: it's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell. Welcome to The Big Rethink. Today's episode is all about the quick service restaurant industry, how it's evolved, what the customer experience looks like, and how it's leveraging technology to stay nimble. Our guest, Alicia Kelso, is a senior contributor for Forbes, where she covers quick service, fast casual, pizza, and casual restaurant segments, diving into everything from restaurant automation and digital transformation to sales and product lines of popular chain restaurants. Welcome, Alicia. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm hungry already from uh, reading your <laughs> intros. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, you've been a, a journalist for many years, this like a dream job. Um, could we start off maybe by telling us a little bit about how you got into the food retail beat and um, why you're passionate about the industry? Well,
1: sure, yeah, I, I, it could be a longer story, but for the sake of time, I'll keep it short Um I basically stumbled into the food industry uh, coverage by 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 accident, if you will. Oh, I sort love of it. randomly. <laughs> yeah. And I did graduate from college many, 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 many years ago uh, with journalism, and i i um, I actually stumbled on my dream job in Columbus, Ohio, um covering the arts and entertainment industry. And then at that time, I was in a long-distance relationship for five years. Wow. And it, it was the throes of the recession. And so we've, we we figured that five years when gas prices were like $4, we figured that was long enough. And I took a leap of faith and quit my job and moved to Louisville, Kentucky. And the first job that was available in, in, in sort of a journalism realm was was a trade publication covering the fast food industry. And so I, I just went for it because I was rather fantastic. desperate. Yeah. I, I remember it well. The first story I covered was Burger King's 2020 restaurant design. Um, and, you know, coincidentally, Burger King announced today that they've yes. got a new design coming out. And I did a story about it last night for Forbes. So
0: That's uh, crazy. Yeah. So I had to learn a lot. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> You took the job for love. I love it.
1: I did. I did. Yes. And and and, and as soon as I started covering it and learning that a, a point a pos did not mean what I thought it meant, right? Right? Of, right? You know, learning <laughs> those granular details about, I I was just bit. I, I was smitten. I became smitten by the industry. I loved the people, the pace you know, the innovation about it. And and that was 10 years ago. So
0: that is cool. So, uh, you know, so as a reporter, what does, you know, what's your role like in in terms of diving into that technology restaurant space and um, talk a little bit about how you go about doing what you do?
1: Well, right now I actually work for two publications. Um, I work for a a publication called Restaurant Dive. It's a fairly new uh, vertical from Washington, D.C.-based industry dive. And it looks at the industry, the restaurant industry, from sort of an analytical perspective. Oh, cool. Um, So, you know, that keeps me really disciplined Mm -hmm. um, and and really just deeply thinking about what this means uh, in terms of the top headlines. Okay. Um, And then, you know, I'm also a senior contributor at Forbes. um, And uh, I cover, like you said earlier, mostly fast food, but also fast casual pizza and occasionally uh, casual Uh, And because it's Forbes, because it's that platform, I, I report more about bigger public companies and the moves that they're making, as well as, you know, the startup type companies that are attracting a ton of investment dollars and basically disrupting the industry. So. Um, You know, like I said earlier, it's fast paced and there's so much going on all the time.
0: Yeah. Fast food used to be about fast cooking right now. Mm -hmm. It's about fast technology and fast changing. And that's cool. It's exciting time to be in this space for sure.
1: It is. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting what's going on. It's it's uh, it's gutting. It's heart wrenching. um, You know, what's been happening in the past six months Um, This space, as long as I've been covering it for the, you know, like I said, 10 years, it's always been exciting. Um, And and right now, just because it's, you know, down, that doesn't change that. Um, It's different, but it doesn't change the general excitement surrounding the industry. Uh, We just saw that innovation and that creativity, and we're we're continuing to see that six months into this pandemic.
0: Yes.
1: so I think the one thing that's interesting too about the restaurant industry is everybody relates to it.
0: Oh, absolutely! Every, everybody
1: eats out. Everybody's got a story. Everybody has an opinion about this menu item or that that fast food chain. And, oh, and yeah. also, I think what gets lost too is you know the fast food industry is the second largest private uh, private sector employer in the U.S. Interesting. And so millions, of, tens of millions of people got their start. So people might have an opinion about a menu item or a restaurant chain but they also many of them also have a story about working
0: sure sure yeah I um I live in a small town and uh I say that pre-mobile app ordering um my local coffee chain would they knew my car I get the same coffee. I get a nice coffee every morning. Never changes, and yeah. uh, all I went to do was park, and they saw me <laughs> walking in, and um, I'd go right to the register. We we'd laugh about it, but you know now I can do on the mobile app, and uh, I think that technology coming into play um, for the fast casual is uh, an amazing leap forward, mm-hmm. and I imagine now uh, sort of a vital. Avenue for restaurants to stay Mm -hmm. to stay relevant and to to serve the customer. So, um, what else is exciting about this point in time for for the QSR? Uh, Just the 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 having to be forced
1: to change, Mm -hmm. um, I think, has really um, generated some interesting news. And, and that's something that, you know, because the industry is so fast and so, uh, you know, they, they follow these, these marketing calendars pretty closely year over year. And that was all turned on its head six months ago. And I've, but we are still going to have pumpkin spice, right? Absolutely, We're going to have it (laughs) earlier than ever because don't we need it? (laughs) I mean, there's, you know, they're still coming to that mental Uh, rescue. Yeah.
0: Uh, Okay, you so, had me worried yeah. for a minute that we might deviate <laughs> from the calendar. But, no, okay. no,
1: no. But it was, you know, what one thing that was interesting uh, early on in this coverage, it, you know, it was kind of depressing. Um, ta- talking about, uh, I remember very vividly doing this really fun, it was a fun story at, back in late February with the folks over at KFC about their, you know, they, they came out with the idea of having KFC branded Crocs. And it was less than a month later that I was on the phone with the same people at KFC talking about the, the plexiglass installation across the restaurants, and it was it was uh, it was depressing and. Yeah. Um, nobody knew anything, uh, how to handle it. Nobody knew what any timeline would be. Nobody knew how much business would be affected. And, right. and the cool thing is just when the, within the probably late, mid to late July as we started seeing some of that innovation news come back. We started yes. seeing, you know, we heard on the, the last round, the latest round of earnings calls that companies were opening up their coffers again to get back into the marketing game. Um, you know, uh, so so it's rebounding.
0: Um, yes. And they they definitely are turning to technology, too. I mean, who would have thought food lockers? Right. <laughs> I <laughs> thought I left lockers in high school. But the situation we find ourselves in these days has really accelerated the role of technology in the quick serve restaurant business. I and mean, how are the different brands dealing with that? And what does that look like?
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question, and actually, you know, um, I, it, it is such a great privilege to be able to talk to you know these executives in the industry as often as I as I do, and then you know further to sit on these uh, quarterly earnings calls to hear high level, um, you know, discussions about what's happening, and you know, by and large, the biggest narrative is 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 this acceleration that you talked about, and a number of brands were were. Uh, you know, either thinking about this or just kind of starting to uh, implement some of these things prior, uh, you know, for example, 2018, 2019, the forward-thinking ones. Um, but, it, but the, you know, this crisis has really accelerated that, you know, by two or three years. And, and what that means is, you know, these most of this is technology-driven. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing order ahead more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, delivery has been a big story uh, curbside and carryout is, has, uh, we, we saw Panera actually add curbside and like, I think, I think they said six weeks. Um, yeah. and then, you know, the food lockers and, 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 and shelves, there's shelves too. Um, that was something that was sort of in the works by some of these smaller startup type restaurant companies. Like you think of a sweet green, um, mm-hmm. that were coming along and getting a ton of investment money and disrupting the system. Now that's being utilized by bigger brands because of that whole idea of contactless um, and speed. And then, of course, ghost kitchens has been a, a big uh, topic of discussion, too. So all these things are facilitated right. by technology with the idea that customers either can't dine in because mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, because of jurisdictional uh, regulations or there's. Anxious to dine in, uh, which right. we're seeing a, a great number of c- customers are still uh, still have that trepidation,
0: Right. Um,
1: you know, and and this is a way that restaurants have had to sort of pivot, um, you know, basically to survive.
0: And thankfully, the t- the technology of today uh, is available to to connect all those dots, right? To the mobile ordering, to the kitchen, to a you know to curbside pickup and. Um, What what's sort of on the minds of the IT and the technology people at the restaurant in terms of solving that piece, too? I mean, are they just taking some of what was already in the restaurant about connecting the kitchen and connecting the restaurant and and and. Um, expanding that, or are they looking to new solutions for that?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a good question, um, and I think it's it's sort of all over the map depending on where brands were prior to the True. pandemic, depending on what type of investment ability they have. I mean we're still we're still navigating an environment, and you know where cash flow is is king for it's mm-hmm. you know it's table stakes for survival, and um, you know some 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 restaurant operators are using the whatever cash flow they have left just to stay alive and keep their employees employed um but when we look at the big guys the guys that are uh you know sort of mapping the um you know mapping the chart here um yes we look at technology in a new way it has to be operationally uh efficient Mm -hmm. um that it's it has to be looked at as a a synergistic e- ecosystem, you know, when we have more uh, mobile order ahead, that has to seamlessly go into the kitchen, um, you know, which has to seamlessly go out of the kitchen to wherever its destination is, whether it's a, a door dash dasher or, or uh, you know, for example, or a locker. Um, all of this stuff is critical because mm-hmm. volumes off premise are up, you know, triple digits in some, in some cases. So, um, right. there, there, there's not a lot of room for error here. The technology ha- has to speak to each other um, in order for this to be effective, both from a speed of service and customer experience perspective to a operational efficiency perspective. The, mm-hmm. There are some companies, especially if you think of casual dining chains, that have really had to pivot because they didn't have much of an off-premise presence before at all. That have had to, you know, do 180s on what they were doing, and uh, it hasn't affected fast food or fast casual as much because at least they had had they had a head start, right? Yeah.
0: So the the restaurants and chains that are doing it well in terms of adapting their technology, continuing to deal with the volumes of the takeaway business, why do you think they're successful? Like, what's their kind of mindset or approach or What would you say is kind of a key ingredient to that successful pivot?
1: You know, that's a that's a. If you look at the the brands that have been case studies, that it's like there's not even a pandemic happening. You know, Wingstop, (laughs) Domino's, Papa John's. I had a conversation with the Wingstop CEO last week, and I just tell me how you do it. You know, because their 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 last quarter they were up thirty two percent. That's great. Um, yeah, That's and we're crazy. talking about the very survival of the industry, and we have you know anomalous um, situations. But they were those are companies that were tech, uh, tech forward prior mm-hmm. to to this. You know, I, you can't uh, you can't overstate how important it was to have had that technology. Nobody could have predicted the pandemic, but
0: right.
1: when you have a tech stack in place like these these companies have, they're going to be insulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at, you know, Chipotle, um, uh, even in the fast food, I, like I, I think I said earlier uh, that Burger King just announced a new restaurant design yes. that very much speaks to what is happening right now. So that is probably the best example um, is is companies that had technology in place, they were doing just fine. It, it, it probably was a number two or three or four priority but now they're, you know, they're they're switching their entire real estate portfolio to uh, adopt to this. And Taco Bell did it uh, announced it last week that they also have a new entirely, you know, entirely new restaurant design to facilitate mm-hmm. mobile ahead orders. Chipotle is going to adopt um, most of its real estate to the Chipotle model, which is, uh, you know, completely uh, order ahead based, um, Duncan is doing the same thing. So it, this has been a really sharp, uh, a, a abrupt turn to yes. where, where I think it's, 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 it's going and it's going very quick. And then you've got the Starbucks type places that are doing just to pick up and to go only, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of concepts that have done that.
0: Well, I had, I got a good chuckle when I saw the, um, the Burger King restaurant future design because, uh, in high school, I was a teller and I worked the drive up and, uh, I was thinking, you know, we have the little chute that you would put the money back in (laughs) and send it out the vacuum. And I thought, you know, that's kind of the, you need like, um, the drive-through. It's great to have two lanes of ordering, but if you can have a few lanes of delivery too, that would really be a, a, a cool thing to help that line move along. So, um, I wanted to kind of pivot a little bit to talk about the customer experience, right? And um, with with technology and the fact that everything in our lives is so much more uh, streamlined and uh, our way, so to speak, because of technology and personalized, and uh, we take the experience we have from one aspect of our life and transition it to another, what, what does the customer experience look like at, in Fast Casual right now? And and uh, are are we hitting the mark in terms of what people want?
1: Yeah, that I think that's a big open-ended question. Um, I personally have not been to a restaurant to eat at a restaurant since March. So, in store, you know, if I if I if I can answer that question, it's just anecdotally by some of the research that I'm seeing, safety mm-hmm. is king and. You know, customers want to see PPE on on you know uh, on employees. They want to see constant sanitation. Um, that is their number one focus right now, and and I, I think that's the customer experience. If they don't, if they're uneasy, I think that will honestly affect customer experience. And because of that, we're seeing some chains. Uh, Kava is one. Denny's is another. Uh, you know that have actually dedicated an entire labor role to a a cleaning concierge, a sanitation specialist um, to give customers who do choose to dine out right now, that sort of peace of mind. Um, Otherwise I think the customer experience has had to extend to that off premise uh, experience. And, and what that means is speed, accuracy, um, You know, and and, uh, just food quality replication, that has always been a challenge as we get, especially as we get into delivery because there's that time lapse. Mm -hmm. Um, These are the things that have become uh, of the utmost criticality uh, during this time as a majority of diners continue to eat, to choose to eat off premise. Customer experience is very different because of that. Um, Technology is the way um, to sort of hit on all of those important KPIs. Um, and, and I'll go back to Wingstop just because it, that is a fresh story on my mind. You know, when they made this part, when they created this partnership with DoorDash, th- this is an understated detail that, that some chains have started to do. I know Checkers and Riley's has done it, but they are integrating these third-party um, providers into, mm-hmm. directly into their point-of-sale system to facilitate that customer experience those factors, the accuracy and the speed. Um, right. and again, it all goes back to operational efficiency. If you don't have that, you're not going to have customer experience and technology is the very central to, to the facilitation of that, that efficiency.
0: Right. Yeah. Accuracy, um, probably is never more important. You know, you can't go back to the counter cause they forgot your barbecue sauce or whatever, <laughs> you know, Right. Right. We, uh, we did a pickup over the weekend and, uh, my friend forgot to order her daughter's sandwich. We got to the picnic table where we were then consuming our dinner and realized we forgot
1: <laughs> Kayla's grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, can't do anything about it, but you know, nope. it's par for the, it's par for the course of 2020, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you well, know, speed is, I wanna, I, I'd, I'd be
1: remiss if I didn't talk about speed too, because this is another, uh, sort of trend that has really kind of surprised me um, is we're seeing a lot of big chains trim just the heck out of their menus and yes. they're, do- they're doing so in response to the, you know, the, the staggering increase of uh, off premise business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you know, to fulfill these off-premise orders, whether it be through delivery or especially pickup, pickup is the big one. You know, th- to, to maintain that speed and that accuracy, they're just having to cut their menus because, mm-hmm. um, otherwise, these bloated menus just make things tr- even more complicated. So, it's a benefit to customers. But it's also a benefit to operators who are navigating, you know, something they've never had to navigate before. It's you don't want 19 burger choices on a menu when you're just trying to figure out how to to feed anxious, safety conscious customers. So that that's been really interesting, too.
0: Okay, so time for the crystal ball section of uh, (laughs) of
1: our
0: our chat. So. So. what technologies should restaurants be considering that they may not already be considering like looking towards the future and um as uncertain as it as uncertain as it may be like what what should we um what should the operators be considering technology wise
1: um gosh if anybody had a crystal ball right now um i think that if you're not in the off premise space that is a very precarious place to be. Um, this is not. This is sticky. This isn't going away, um, mm-hmm. especially in the short term. But even in the long term, I mean, our this pandemic has changed the way we shop, the way we eat, the way we socialize. It's mm-hmm. changed the very core of how we live.
0: Exactly, and
1: um, uh, you know these these. There's a reason these big players are are shifting their entire investment portfolio over to uh, enhance the off premise experience, the drive through experience. There's a reason they they they're seeing customer insights that are so deep that we are not ever going to see. And this is sticky. This is this doesn't go away. So if you're a if you're a restaurant concept and you're not thinking about how to get your food. To someone to consume at their house, then you're gonna you're gonna have a, a really hard time recovering, uh, in, in my opinion. And that and that off premise, you know, the, the good thing about off premise is it spans a number of opportunities. You know, curbside is tremendously popular now. It's not going to go away. Um, that I talked to the Panera CEO, and he was even surprised about how well it was doing, and he said. He, he, he told me point blank that he thought this would be a temporary thing to get through uh, dine enclosures. And it's not, it's done so well that they're going to maintain it in perpetuity. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be about delivery, but uh, obviously <laughs> delivery is up in the triple digits. So, you know, I think it's important to figure out if you can make that work, whether in-house or via a third party provider. Um, all of the stuff costs money, but you're going to you're gonna lose a, a, a majority of your business if you're not thinking about it. So you gotta you gotta think about the ROI.
0: Wow, that was a great answer. I, uh, I you know, that crystal ball question is always a stumper, but um, I think you're you're right on in terms of this has changed the very way we live our lives and um, in many ways. And uh, I don't think that we're headed back to you know 2019 way of life anytime soon and while some things may return to that way pre-covid i think there's definitely a lot we can take away and learn and um maybe there are even some improvements in the way we uh way we live and dine and uh spend our day-to-day so thank you so much for that that was really um a great answer anything we didn't cover that you think maybe uh I should have asked you about.
1: Um, no, I mean the only thing I can think of, you know, going back to that customer behavior piece. Sometimes it take we're you know we're such creatures of habit that sometimes it takes us being forced to do something, yes. and then once we realize, you know, once we get used to it and realize the ease and convenience of it. it that, that, that speaks to how it's going to be, you know, it, it's pretty clear that we're not going back. And Amazon is a perfect example of, of this. I mean, it single-handedly changed the way we shop. Right. And there's a reason there's 115 million Amazon Prime members. This is, this is really no different. We were forced to eat off-premise because dining rooms were closed and we were stuck at home. And um, so we had to get used to restaurant apps. We had to get used to marketplace apps. Um, You know, that was a that was something we as a a consumer lot were reluctant to do prior. And uh, one interesting stat now um, just to underscore um, how much that's changed is there's a a staggering 25 percent of consumers now order from restaurant restaurants online multiple times a week. So we went from reluctant to a quarter, <laughs> multiple times a week in in this habit, and that 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 habit is 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 uh, very firmly formed. Um, and that doesn't. I, do, I want to make it clear though that um, I think it's important that there's also there's pent up demand. So whenever. Whenever we get a green light to die now, tell me we don't want to die. I mean, I missed that experience. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, um, so, you know, I think that the interesting thing will be if you look in the crystal ball is what the landscape is going to look like. We went from a bloated, too many restaurant environment um, to now not enough restaurants. And and one thing that worries me is I do think it's going to be heavily, um, heavily numbered toward chains that are technologically mm-hmm. um Uh, forward. um, And that might leave some of the independence uh, behind. But I do think independence will eventually make a a comeback. I just think it's going to be a little bit longer further down Mm -hmm. the road. So thank
0: you, Alicia. Wow. Great insights. Really enjoyed talking with you today.
1: Yeah, likewise, I really appreciate the opportunity. I could talk about this stuff all day. So thank you.
0: We'll have to do another episode. I think we have more to cover um, for sure. But that's it for us today. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink. Tune in to a new episode every other Wednesday for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done.